Hello and welcome to Design Untangle with me, Chris Mears and Carla Lindate. Hello, finally, we made it work again. Yep, dialing in from Google HQ. Yeah, secretly hide, like hiding in the corner, recording this. So it's great. Yep, that is a good use of company time. So what are <laughs> we <laughs> talking about today? Um, we're talking about portfolios. I think it's one of the favorite uh, topics in the Slack channel, isn't it? Yeah, it's an absolutely classic topic and we've touched on it about 50 times in different episodes. So I think it's time it got its own one. We can put it to bed and never mention it again, hopefully. (laughs) Or maybe this is just going to add open more questions for people. So don't worry, you can keep asking questions. Don't be mean, Chris. All right. Um, So I think it's worth caveating this whole episode with there's no guaranteed portfolio format or way of presenting your work that is going to guarantee you a job seems like an obvious thing to say but there are people peddling that kind of advice and you know we can give you tips based on our own experience as both people hiring for UX people and being hired as well Um, but that's obviously no guarantee that what we use and our approach is always going to be applicable but we'll do our best to pass down our top tips and hopefully it'll help you get your UX portfolio in shape. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, also, got like related to that comment, I think that it also depends on the kind of UX or uh, the kind of person or professional you are. Like you could you couldn't just have one formula that works for, for everyone because you could be, for example, a more UX UI person who kind of like is just one person as part of, you know, one team, uh, one person's team delivering something, or you could be a UX um, specialist in a team, or you could be more specialized in research, or you could be a hybrid, which um, I used to be more like a, a hybrid, you know, with different types of skill sets. So there's no one formula that works for ev- for, for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And everyone's going to have different levels of experience as well, which is Mm -hmm. something that can affect it. Um, But let's get into it. So the first question I think to ask is, do you even need a UX portfolio? And the answer is yes, Yes. in my opinion. Um, And there's two reasons for that. The first is because in order to get a job, you have to apply for a job and in order to apply for a job, you usually have to go through a recruiter and they're going to be using your portfolio along with your CV slash resume if you're in the States to filter out candidates um, as a kind of first pass for the client they're working for. So it's very important that your portfolio demonstrate in a nutshell what you're about and clearly shows some examples of work and projects and stuff that you've been doing on so that you get past that first sort of gatekeeper phase of the recruiter and in front of the actual end client that you're going for the job for. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, uh, being a part of the, you know, the team who used to select lots of UX designers, is even as a contractor or permanent, I find it very suspicious when um, UX designer or a designer overall doesn't have a portfolio. Um, I just, first of all, maybe that means that they haven't been thorough enough to actually start capturing the key projects and key deliverables or key winnings uh, across their career. 
or um, maybe you know maybe even if they don't have the experience they haven't like made the effort to actually create a portfolio which um, it is possible as well to do it without experience so I've always found it really suspicious when um, I wouldn't even consider uh, someone applying for a job if they didn't have portfolio. Yeah I would agree Um, you're just not even going to look at them because you've got you know the job application process as flawed as it may be does involve you kind of putting some sort of show of your work and yourself in front of someone before you speak to them face to face usually it's how you get that initial impression of a person um, and your portfolio is a key way of showing that to your potential employer so if you don't have one you should get on with making one and maybe it's worth leading into how you do that is one of the questions we had on the slack which is how you do that if you haven't got any ux experience currently Mm -hmm. well it is a tricky one but it is not impossible to do it i think like any other piece of communication that you do whether it's a portfolio or cv or a you know a deck or whatever you need to think about your audience and you need to think about the key messages that you want to convey in that piece of communication. So for someone who doesn't have the experience or at least a long experience doing UX, what you need to do is to pull out any education or any practical um, projects or some projects that you've done if you did a course or something that highlight your skill sets or the, at least the things that you want to communicate about yourself and just put them in the portfolio um, even if you have previous experience as a um, you know related field that uh, you think are ways to um, conveying your skill sets that could be applicable to UX you can also do that um, I remember that I met this guy once who used to be um, I think it was a chef or something and then he actually talked about his uh, creativity and his folio and he talked about how he used to design you know um, his you know uh, dishes and stuff like that and and then trying to highlight his previous experience and how these skills could be transferred to UX so there's always a way to link that what you need to do is just sit down before you actually start putting anything together just trying to um, go back to your past even if it's just education or, or if you have a previous experience and try to look at what are the key skill sets that people are looking for for the role that you're applying for and see if there's anything relevant that you can highlight in your portfolio. Yeah, definitely. And stuff like team working as well is obviously a big plus. So if you can highlight anything like that, that's always a good thing. But yeah, I think it's just about showing that you can work in a, a way where you solve problems. So it might not be design problems, depending what you're doing, but it's critically thinking about stuff you're doing coming up with solutions demonstrating how you arrived at those solutions if that was through collaboration or experimentation um, and validating those solutions i mean you can find parallels for that sort of process in any industry or profession or course really i think yeah i've also think i think i've mentioned this before but you can actually um say okay like maybe take uh, a couple of brands or a couple of products or application um, products or apps or something and say how you would you would have approached or redesigned certain elements of it I think now more and more of you kind of go for an interview for um, 
you know, the likes of Facebook or Google, they will like you to do a lot of like app critique or um, website critique. So maybe that's a very good uh, way of, of showing, even though, even though you haven't had the experience before, you've gone and basically looked at CityMapper, for example, and identified, you know, from a UX perspective, what are the key pain points that you see, and you can actually show the process that you follow to actually, um, you know, redesign or at least improve that particular product. Mm -hmm. And that's a, it, that is a good way of showing how you think about things and, um, and showing, you know, um, that you actually understand UX um, and ob obviously visual design as well, if you're applying for a visual design job. Yeah, and if the client has an Apple website themselves, obviously that's a good opportunity to kind of show how you might approach thinking about their products as well. Use that as an actual case study. Obviously, that's going to get a bit time expensive if you're applying to millions of jobs. You can't do that for everything. But if you are targeting one or two places, it can be valuable to actually do that exercise on their own thing so you can go into the interview saying I know this is your product um, these are a few of the things I think may be issues and this is how I would go about tackling them yeah exactly you could also like interview like run a survey for example um, with some people and say you know I gather some research and people you know this is people's perceptions about your website or um, you know wrap and so you can show that like the user centricity of your you know how you approach you know design from a user perspective etc etc so you could apply the whole like UCD process to either a generic um, critique of an app or a website or do it with um, you know that is relevant for the per for the company you're applying for yeah now how about portfolio format we had some questions around that so PDF versus mm. website yeah, those are the only two I can think of, actually. Um, I guess for me, it depends probably your skill set again, what kind of job you're going for. If you've got the skills to do it in a website format, that's fine. Um, if you don't, PDF works equally as well, to be honest, in most situations, and it gives you something to talk to in the interview. I guess the main thing to mention is if you're doing it as a public facing website then be careful about what you're actually putting on there you know everywhere's got NDAs and stuff you shouldn't be showing not to say that you should be putting those in PDFs that you're showing to people either but just be wary in general I guess about what you're putting on your portfolio and whether you're actually allowed to do it yeah exactly that's a good point I mean in in my mind it all comes back to how much experience you've got and and the type of you know designer that you um, are selling yourselves uh, at like if you go for a more UX, UX UI role which you need to demonstrate more your visual design if you do that um, your visual design expertise I would go with a website you know obviously with animations and motion and if that's where you experience a so that's where you want to go um, if you go more for a UX strategy or research um, I would actually just make it um, more around the process that you follow so some pictures about like workshops that you facilitate or um, uh, pictures of user testing sessions like try to bring to life your experience and as I said before in other podcasts just being very clear of your role um, I actually would I mean in an ideal world and I don't know if you agree with this Chris I think you should have both I think you should you should have a website that 
basically is kind of a brochure of who you are, uh, very simply, very high level. And you could actually perhaps, um, um, and I've done that on my on my website, um, use the brands that you work with. Um, it shows a little bit of your experience, but not go, doesn't go too deep into what you've uh, actually done. And then a PDF could contain, or a power, uh, I've actually had people who've presented a PowerPoint or a keynote with more details about one or two projects that they want to highlight at the uh, at the back of the actual website. So um, I guess having two would be ideal, but um, as I said before, it all depends on the type of designer you are, the amount of experience you've got, and the type of role that you're applying for. Yeah, I think that's a good shout on the website, particularly because if you do get past that initial screening and get to the point where your portfolio is being put in front of the client it's highly likely they're going to be doing a bit of googling and linkedin stalking or whatever so if you've got a web presence that allows them to as you say get a better idea of who you are and what you've been up to in a hopefully digestible format that's only gonna add to your allure as a candidate yeah and obviously wearing lots of scarves and lots of pictures in your case is a big plus. Definitely wear scarves on your yeah. portfolio website for guaranteed success. Yeah, you'd be very you'd be very successful. Yeah. There was someone who asked about what happens where, you know, you worked on a project for a very, very long time or a couple of projects and a lot of your deliverables either, they either never never go live because yeah. you know the client is slow, whatever, or they're more like a, a, a process you actually worked as a, as a member of a team and facilitated a lot of the design thinking sessions or design thinking workshops. Um, and so I think even though you're not showing a a more tangible output as a is it a website or an app or this is the experience I prototyped I think is value of showing the process and as I, as I mentioned before you could have a website that talks about in very high level your skill sets and what you're good at and then you can have a PDF that shows the process that you follow so just make it more real and um, specify your role in that particular project um, I think it is a lot of people like and I include myself I've worked on projects for ages and never deliver anything <laughs> <laughs> anything tangible um, but is uh, you especially when you talk about UX design and service design you sh- you what you sell to clients is more the process rather than the actual output so don't be afraid of showing that process. And even if you have to anonymize the client, you can always talk about the process that you follow and your role within that process. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, deliverables are bloody boring to look at on a portfolio because you've got no idea the process that the person went through to get to that end deliverable. So it's just, okay, you can do a wireframe. But why is that wireframe like it is? Why did you put that there, et cetera, et cetera? I mean, it makes the portfolio look a bit UXy if you've got a wireframe or user journey in there or something, but it's a lot more interesting, at least when I've been hiring people, is just how they arrived at that end deliverable. So it's fine to have it there as a thing to talk around, but it's the process that leads to that end deliverable that is the interesting bit. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's more like the the problem statement and you know the process that you follow for that and how you solve the problem. More interesting than showing a massive like service design blueprint or you know a user journey that is really hard to read. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I think it's more more about the, the process that you follow and the role that you play within that process. Yeah. To be honest, I don't think I've got any deliverables in my portfolio at all. Mainly just because I don't no. do anything, but. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, like pictures of workshops and you know a few post-it notes here and there's always a classic um, as long as they actually relate to something. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's all just about what was the problem I was trying to solve, what process did I go through to get to it, who did I collaborate with to get to that end result, and if there is an end result, then great. If not, doesn't really matter too much as long as you went through kind of a rigorous process um, and it's worth identifying what your constraints were maybe not in the portfolio but in the discussion with the client when you're presenting the portfolio because understanding how people work around constraints which there always are on projects that's very interesting Mm. to show how flexible you are as a UX designer as well. Yeah, exactly. And also, like, even though I just said, if you don't have an out- tangible output, um, do you always, and I'm sure that everyone's going through this when they re- like work in a project, they've, they've made some impact, right? That impact could be, you know, the way the organization changed in the way they're tackling design challenges or, um, you know, they were new to design thinking and you managed to introduce the concept into the business or, um, you know, they didn't know about how, you know, the value of prototyping and they show the value of prototyping. So even if it's not a tangible output, there's always an impact that you can highlight in any case study you have. Um, what else? I mean, I, I saw questions like, how many pages do we have? Do we recommend the portfolio should have? Look, I think it's not about the number of pages. I think it's more um, whether or not, I mean, ideally, if you're going to have a PDF or a, a website, you should pick out, if you have a experience, you should pick out the, the more end-to-end projects you can find in yeah. your um experience so far like and what i mean with end-to-end is like okay i started then defining the problem and then this is i proposed this solution then we went through the process and then this is an outcome i mean ideally pick out those ones over anything else because that's what's going to show your end-to-end thinking um if and that's a way of for you to prioritize what you put in your portfolio um but then if you have a number of them the you know, if you've got lots of experience, I've done that many times, highlight in my mind the more like interesting ones or the best brands you work with as well, like the more known brands. And so just try to use different criteria to prioritize what to have, but I wouldn't put lots of things in it because people just get bored and people just normally look at your, and I can see it on on the data on my website, when I was looking for jobs, majority of people go to your home screen, Um, then they click on my work, and then just just have a look at that, and that's it, like, but then if you, like, build a massive website with lots of sections and lots of content, no one is going to look at it, so just try to prioritize and just find different criteria to prioritize your Yeah, I guess another tip I would have as well is to write the case study while you're doing the project as well because it's very easy to forget what you've done if you're 
you've done two years on this project, you're now looking for a new job, you know, you're not going to remember everything you did for the last two years. So actually write the case study as you're going along um, and then just keep those in a backlog and swap them in and out is something I do as well. So if I'm going for like an e-com role, I'll potentially bring in a couple of the e-com case studies that I've done. Just have like a big backlog of them that you can slot in and out. I usually do like yeah. two main ones and then like a third one which never really gets talked about or looked at in the portfolio but it's there if you want to bring out a specific thing that's maybe not shown in the other two um but yeah there's no ideal number of pages or anything one thing to bear in mind is file size probably i guess would be the only impact on that if you're sending stuff over Mm -hmm. email but it's really about telling a good story concisely which is essentially the whole job anyway Mhm. Yeah, exactly. And I know no, no ideal number of pages, just make it simple and make it easy to digest. Not so much copy. I've seen portfolios that are extremely like long and a little bit boring. Just make it succinct. I mean, it does take time and that's something that people need to realize. To have a good portfolio, you have to invest your time in it. And as you said, it's, it's ideal that you start by um, when you, you're actually on the project, take pictures, pictures of what you're doing, pictures of you in action, which I know it sounds a bit, um, you know, salesy, but you should sell yourself. You're a product and you have to think about yourself as a product. So if you are running a workshops, get your colleagues to take pictures of you actually running the workshops and stuff like that. So you can have ways of demonstrating your role. Um, and then if you work in your folio is something that never stops in my opinion if you want to enrich it you could actually spend a lot of time doing it and it, if you want a good one you, you should invest time on it like it's not just like copying and pasting all your deliverables into one pdf and show it to a client you have to really think about it as a piece of collateral that is selling your skill sets and your capabilities so you should invest yeah, and it should be as or operate as a standalone document so it shouldn't necessarily need yeah. you there to explain everything in there someone should just be able to get it cold and understand what's going on i think it's worth thinking about the ways different audiences will use it as well so the initial rec- like recruiter person they're going to be spending 30 seconds flicking through it checking that you've got the kind of right skills or you've used the right software or whatever just to get you through that first pass and then the client if you're lucky may spend a few more minutes looking at it a bit more in depth reading for it um so bear in mind you've got those two tiers of information you need to cater for um what else did we have uh videos give versus videos when showing final product interaction as i said before i mean if you're selling yourself as a interaction designer and a visual designer with ux skill sets so that's why it's worth sitting down and writing down specifically what kind of designer i want to be and what kind of experience i have to show then you can perhaps add those like little animations and things like that into your folio. Um, so I think that's that's key, like showcase whatever, you know, um, you're proud of and also it's going to get you the job you're applying for. Yeah. <laughs> but um, 
don't show everything or anything. Uh, just be very, very uh, strategic about the content that you put on it. Yeah, client logos is a useful one to have. Yeah. Just as a one pager, um, it just shows that it gives you quite a good visual overview and sense of what kind of projects you've probably worked on just from the client logo itself. So if you've got loads of e-com logos, you're going to get an idea of what that UX designer is about generally. Um, whereas mm -hmm. if you've got loads of government ones, then that gives you a certain other impression. Yeah, I think, I think that's it for now. I think we've covered majority of the questions. Um, I don't know, unless you want to add something else. Um, no, I don't think so. I'd quite like to never talk of them again, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> it's one of the most common questions we get on the UX Mentor Me Slack channel, so that's not meant to discourage anyone asking about them. Of course you can. As I said at the beginning, there's tips we can give you based on our own experience. There's no one-size-fits-all. Essentially, no. it's it's being able to communicate what you're about, what you've done, and how you've applied design thinking to whatever that is, um, and it needs to meet the needs of the various different target audiences it's going to be going to. So it's very similar to designing a website or an app or anything else. The only difference is that you are the product that you're designing. Yeah, so as, as that's exactly right, Chris. I think you have to think about yourself as a product or a service, as you would do as if you're a UX designer. And you have to think about your audience. Um, so your customers who are going who are the people who are going to buy your product and you need to prioritize what are the key messages that you want to communicate about this product and make it as simple as possible and use uh, like you know principles of UX like progressive disclosure just show what's important first and then us you know users will actually drill down into more information if they require more information and you have to be ready for that but um make it simple and just apply the same principles of your design to whatever you're doing yep okay cool is it plug time yeah you do it because i can't be bothered to do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm not really feeling the energy to it but i will do it nonetheless do it. um so if you're wondering what the slack channel we keep talking about is then it's at uxmentor.me which is our and a UX Slack community. Um, we've got over 600 people there now as of last check um, and we try to answer questions you may have about UX. Uh, we've got people organizing meetups with each other on there and stuff so if you're new to the field or not new to the field then head over there and join. Uh, you can tweet us at Design Untangled or on the web designuntangled.co.uk individually on Twitter Chris underscore you no what's my Twitter name Chris underscore Miz underscore UX and at Carla Lindarte and the only other thing I will say as a teaser is we've got a very exciting partnership to announce within the next week ah. or two which will be done via the UX Mentor Me Slack. So if you want to hear about that and ways that you can potentially get some experience for your UX portfolio, then join up and you'll find out. Oh, that sounds exciting. All right. Um, yeah, okay, so just please give us some feedback and please give us some love. Um, talk to uh, other people about this podcast if you find it interesting. If you think it's really bad, also let us know because we want to learn. 
And on that note, I'm going to play the outro music. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>